starting with verse 25. And I'm reading from this version because I'm after one, one verse in particular. But let's start at verse 25. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land in the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report. Everybody say an evil report. Of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. And I'd like to preach a message today entitled, The Power of Hope. The Power of Hope. Somebody needs to hear this today. God's got a word for you. There is hope in this house today. And when, when there's hope around, there's power in that hope. So I want to say a prayer right now. Father, thank you so much for your goodness, for your kindness towards us. I pray, God, that you would speak to our hearts very deeply. And I bind every spirit that would come against the working of the Holy Spirit today. I pray, God, that this word would find a place in our hearts. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you for standing. Moses sent 12 spies into the promised land. If you've been around church and Sunday school, you've probably heard this story. They scouted out the land and found that it was just like the Lord said it would be. The land was fat. The inhabitants were fierce, just like God said it would be. Now, it was time for this group of people to step up, step out, and cross over into the promised land. And God had let them know already that the Canaanites would not give up without a fight, that they would resist the children of Israel moving into their territory. And the Lord let them know that the Canaanites, these dwellers in this land of Canaan, were too much for the children of Israel to handle on their own. But he also let them know they didn't have to handle them on their own. Because God would go with them. The Lord would fight for them and he would give them the victory. God had given them all of this intelligence, this reconnaissance. And now it was time for them to cross over the Jordan River and enter into all that God had promised them. So they were about to move from where they had 
talked about the promises of God, and they were literally about to walk into the promises of God. It was time to leave the land of talk and enter into the land of walk. And it was right then and right there that they were attacked. I mean, before they ever crossed over and entered into the promised land, right there at the precipice on the border, they were attacked, and it was a vicious attack. Now, it wasn't an attack from any physical enemy. It wasn't the Canaanites or the Jebusites or any of them that attacked. It wasn't a physical army, but it was an attack in the area of their minds with ideas. Now, remember, God had brought them all this way out of Egypt to the promised land, to the border of it. They had come through the blood of the lamb, you know, back there in Egypt. They had come across the Red Sea. They had come through the cloud from Sinai, and they were just about to enter in to the promises of God, and they were attacked in this area of thoughts and ideas. Thoughts like this came to them. You cannot do what God said you can do. You cannot possess what God said you can possess. You will never be what God said you can be. And folks, right there on the verge of them receiving all that God had for them, they began to stagger and waver under the weight of that attack. Church, here's what I have found. There's a big difference between talking about the promises of God and actually walking into the promises of God. You can talk until you are blue in the face, but sooner or later you're going to have to cross a line and begin to walk that talk and put your money where your mouth is and live out and flesh out some of the promises of God. Somebody needs to hear this today, I'm telling you. You're right on the precipice of your miracle, and there's an enemy whispering into your mind saying, you can't do this. You're not worthy of this. You're not able for this. It's just too much for you. But let me go ahead and remind you, can I? The devil is a liar and a thief. If he says you can't do it, that's a guarantee that you can. Hallelujah. You can do all things through Christ who gives you the strength And what you can't do by your own might, what you can't do by your own power, you can do by his spirit, says the Lord. Somebody needs to understand today, the enemy has been trying, pulling out all the stops, trying to tell you that you can't take the land, that you can't receive the promises. Now, when I say pulling out all the stops, when I say that, where does that come from? Well, today, you might have seen me, I was the old guy playing the organ, right? I wasn't the cool guy playing the guitar. I wasn't the cool guy playing the acoustic. I was the old guy playing the organ. Now, actually, it's a really cool organ. That's a Hammond B3 organ that we acquired at my insistence because of my churchy background and because of my rock and roll background. But you don't have to talk about that right now. But here's what I have found. Pulling the stops out is an old term from the mid-1800s, and it talks about pipe organs. Now, we do this pilgrimage, some of us through the years. We go downtown, and we start at at, at, uh, Mount Zion, and then we go to the Episcopal Church, and we we go to the Methodist Church, we go to the Presbyterian Church, and 
we go to the Catholic Church, and we go to the to the uh, end up at First Baptist downtown. We do this Christmas pilgrimage every year, and at the at First Baptist downtown, some of us go up and join the mass choir and sing the Hallelujah chorus. Yours truly included, and we sing our hearts out. And there's some of those churches that have pipe organs, but ain't nobody got a pipe organ like the Catholic Church downtown, the cathedral. When I tell you, when they crank that bad boy up, it's like heavy metal organ. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, when they pull out all the stops, that means they open up all the pipes, and that bad boy roars. So it's like, you know, I'm not making fun. I'm just, I, I don't speak Latin very well. They do the sign of the cross. They stop. And then out of nowhere from the back, because it's in the back, and they start playing. I'm just like, wow. It's just like, it's like a guitar player that like puts all the distortion pedals, just power chords. It's amazing. Let me try to give you a little bit of an example of what it means to pull out all the stops. Here's where the stops are not pulled out. You're about to enter into the promises of God. There's these little voices saying, oh, you can't do that. You can't do it. You make some progress. You're getting closer and closer. Now, you can't do that. You, you can't do that. And you're like, yes, I can. Yes, I can. Devil, you a liar and a thief in Jesus' name. Woo. I'm a Christian. I listen to K-Love, you know, positive, encouraging. Woo. And you just getting it, you know, like, this is awesome. I love it. Well, you get closer. You get up right to the line. Man. You are starting to believe. And it is time to go from talk into walk. The devil, listen, he's a mean devil. He's a good devil. He's good at what he does. And this is what he does. amazing the distractions that come when you get right on the precipice. He pulls all the stops out because he knows that next step is going to be the difference in your life and he's trying to scare you and spook you and get you to pull back but I'm telling you if you'll persevere and take that step across that line the devil is a liar. God's got a destiny for you. God's got a dream for you. God's got so much for you. Give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. (laughs) And the promises of God become harder and harder to hear because of the noise of the enemy. You haven't even entered in, but that roar of negativity is so loud in your mind. 
Somebody needs to shout above the roar, through Christ, I can do everything he's called me to do. Through Christ, I can be everything he's called me to be. Through Christ, I can walk in every promise he's made to me. I'm a child of the most high God, and I will not settle for a life in the wilderness. I will enter into my promises. Hallelujah. Now, that's where the children of Israel were, the precipice. And 10 of the 12 spies, bless their hearts, 10 of the 12, they were saying things like, all the promises we talked about, they can never come to pass in our lives. Let's be real. This is unbelief talking. Let's be real. Let's be honest. There's no way we can take the land. It's impossible. And it was that report, that majority report, that the Bible called an evil report. Now, I was talking to Pastor Jerry Dean the other day, and he mentioned this to me in passing. And boy, it just hit me right between the eyes. The rabbis say that what made that report evil was that it offered no hope. Everybody say hope. The rabbis say that evil is the absence of hope. They say the reason people do evil things is because they've lost all hope. In my studies this week, I came across some research by Dr. Ionis Christodoulou. He's the senior lecturer at Westminster Business School, University of Westminster in London, England. He came to the same conclusion. Dr. Christodoulou stated, evil does not hope. We tend to think of evil as Ouija boards and voodoo hoodoo and chainsaw massacres and spells and witches and goblins. But I'm telling you, evil is having no hope. Let me bring this down to where we are, where we live. God has promised us so much, abundant life, blessings and favor, peace that passes understanding, healing, spirit, soul, and body, healing in our relationships, provision for all of our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And some of us creep right up to the edge of our dreams and all we've been hoping for, and the devil messes with our thinking and with our mind and tries to steal our hope. He wants to steal, kill, and destroy your dreams and he'll start by stealing hope from you, getting you to think there's no way these promises can ever come to pass in my life. And some of us, we start buying into that and we we feel so hopeless. That hopeless feeling is the epitome of what evil is. But I want to tell you once again, church, listen to me, beloved. The devil is a liar. You're right on the edge. You're right on the border of everything God's got for you. You're right on the line of all that he's promised. It's just right there. It's just over that line. You just got to push through all that noise and don't fight thoughts with thoughts. Put some word in your mouth. I know you've been talking about talking and now you're talking about walking. But as you walk, continue to talk, devil. You're a liar. I can have everything that he's given me and promised me. I can do all things through Christ and step on into your miracle. Give him some praise right now. Hallelujah. 
Are you with me? Can I take this a little deeper? Now, in the book of James, Jesus' half-brother, James 3.16, it says, where envying and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. The Amplified Bible puts it like this. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there is disorder, unrest, rebellion, and every evil thing and morally degrading practice. Two spies in our story were trying to persuade the people to listen to the word of God, Joshua and Caleb. Listen to the word of God. The word says we can take the land. He'll give us the victory. So they're saying listen to the word of God. Ten spies were trying to persuade the people to listen to themselves. Listen to us, to their fear-filled, selfish ideas that were contrary, contradictory to the word of God. They were trying to get the people to believe what they had seen with their own eyes rather than what God had said with his own mouth. So just like the book of James says, this evil report came from selfish ambition by these ten spies. So when you put your thoughts above God's thoughts, when you put your ideas, I'm not able, I can't do this, over the word of God that says you can, that sucks the hope right out of you. So listen, let me, let me take it just another step. Hebrews 11 says, faith is the substance of things, what? Hoped for. So if the devil steals your hope by default, He's got your faith, wouldn't you say? The Bible says that they did not enter the promised land because of unbelief. Another passage says because of disobedience. So when you lose your hope, you lose your faith, and you quit following through and obeying God. No wonder evil steps in. So let me remind you of this truth. God wants to bless you. He wants all of his promises to come to pass in your life, but without faith. Faith, it's impossible to please God. And where does that come from? From hoping. I still got hope. If if a lack of hope is evil, then being full of hope is good. If a lack of hope brings you, drags you down into disobedience and unbelief and evil, then having hope will pull you. It's like a magnet pulling you into the promises and the blessings of God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Some of us think that God is, is, is just wanting us to line up. And if we line up, then he pats us on the head and he says, I'm pleased. But that's not it. Listen, Luke 12, 32 says, Do not fear, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. In other words, He takes pleasure in giving to you everything that he's promised to you. He's not a liar. He really does want to bless you and give good things to you. But you cannot receive his promises and walk in fear and hopelessness. you got to get filled up with hope, filled up with faith, and receive every promise that God has for you. Let me illustrate this for you. I have three children. My baby, our baby, just turned 20 years old yesterday. It's a nightmare. 
we don't have a teenager. Wow. I mean, we're grandparents. Thank God. Hallelujah. And we don't have a teenager. Wow, time flies. What happened? Well, here's the deal. As a father, I never took pleasure in knowing my children believed I could feed them. Dad, I'm so grateful that you went to the grocery store. Mom went to the grocery store, and they filled up the, and y'all filled up the pantry, and y'all filled up the fridge. I never took pleasure in that. You know, first of all, they never thanked us for that at all, okay? Well, I don't think we live in that realm. Secondly, okay. But they're like, but I'm still so hungry. I took pleasure in knowing that my kids raided the pantry, raided the fridge, and ate us out of house and home and went to bed fat and sassy, right? That's what made me happy like I we went and bought the food and y'all go eat the food it's the father's good pleasure to give you everything he doesn't want you just walking and uh, talking about it he wants you to walk into it amen God has good things for you and he wants you to walk in those blessings and that favor now you have to talk the faith we believe therefore we speak the Bible says you have to walk in the faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. You, you actually are supposed to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And for there to be hope, uh, faith, there's got to be hope because faith is the substance of things hoped for. But if you lose your hope and you feel like giving up and quitting, brothers and sisters, that's when evil steps in. I want to encourage somebody today. We serve a God of hope. He is the God of all hope. His promises are sure. You can count on them. God is on your side. God is fighting for you. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 12, listen to this. That at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Listen, we had no covenants of promise. We were without God. We were far from God. We had no hope. But that was then, and this is now. Jesus came and died on a cross and made the difference. Now, we have a covenant with God. We have promises from God. God is on our side. We've been brought near by the blood of the Lamb, and we have hope. I'm talking today about the power of hope. Now, let me just give you another illustration. When we were looking at uh, real estate, we were looking for a building. I'll never forget it. Valerie and I had gotten away. We were meeting over here on Tiggy Duplissus Road. We'd been there for several years. We used to meet at River Community up here at Bluff and Old Perkins, and we were out here on Tiggy Duplissus, you know, and that was one of those names. I would talk to people, they're like, now where's your church located? Well, it's on Tiggy Duplissus Road. What? Excuse me? It's on Tiggy du- you mean, uh, so P-I-G-G-Y, no, no, T-I-G-G-Y, Tiggy Duplissus Road. Where's that come from? It was a guy. It was a man. Uh, Dan bought a house from Tiggy Duplissus. We know Miss Karen Duplissus. 
Tiggy Duplessis Road. I tell them where it was. It wasn't the name. Just when we got away, we were at a place where you either fish or cut bait. We had to buy the building we were meeting in, or we had to look for something else. And we got away, and we felt that God spoke to us and said, this is not your building, the one we were in, but I'm going to give you another building that has a Prairieville address. That was a Gonzales address. Nothing wrong with Gonzales. But the Lord spoke to us and said, I'm going to give you a building with a Prairieville address. And so we got all excited, told our staff. We started scouting out like the spies in the promised land. We started looking for real estate. I'll never forget, Wendy was on the hunt. Valerie was on the hunt. Uh, We were all looking around. Phyllis was looking. We were all looking. And, And we would call about places and go look at places and for sale by owners and everything. And, and so it's like, I found a place. It's, it's awesome. How much is it? It's $1.2 million. Well, I didn't tell you the other side of the story. We had $37 in the bank, you know, somewhere in there. <clears throat> and so that's $1.2 million. Wow, that sounds like a lot of money, you know. <laughs> and, and then we'd, we'd find another place. It's, it's huge, but it has tiny parking. Well, maybe we could work something out. How much is it? It's $830,000, Bobby. It's just $830,000. We're like, man, that's, that sounds like a lot. It's not perfect. And Man, we were looking, and, and lo and behold, we found this building, and we shot a, a letter of intent. I'm talking about the power of hope. We shot a letter of intent to the owners of this building, and we said, hey, we're interested in buying your building. Now, when we did that, my board, I, we have an amazing church board, and, and, but I questioned myself as to whether or not they were amazing or not at what I'm about to tell you. They said, Donovan, we shot a letter of intent on that building. I'm like, well, yeah, but there's no guarantee it's going to work out. They said, you know what? We owe it to the owners of Tiggy DePlissus to let them know that we're moving. I'm like, yeah, but, you know, what if it don't work out? One in the hands better than two in the bush. You know, like a, that's what my grandma always said, you know. I'm just like, but what if it don't work out? And we've kind of let the cat out of the bag, and they know that we're looking to move. And, and they're like, well, y'all just go ahead and get out. And then we have no place to meet. And they're like, we owe it to them. They've been so good to us. It's the right thing to do, Donovan. And what a step of faith it is. Now, I'm the pastor, right? And I'm like, yeah, that's a great step of faith. Yeah. 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 What a, let's just be honest, what a dumb step of faith that is. But they pushed me. That's the right thing to do. So I made the phone call. I said, hey, Chuck, let me just tell you what's up, buddy. This is what's happened. I won't tell you the first word that came out of his mouth because I don't know if you would want to hear your preacher say that in the pulpit. But he let me know he was disappointed, but he said, that's okay. You know, y'all figure it out and work it out. Here's what I'm saying. We were at the precipice of entering into a whole new season of Life Point. I mean, right here, I mean, Freddy's wasn't here. Petco wasn't here. Walmart wasn't here. Uh, Walk-ons is coming. They weren't here. I just heard yesterday that Publix just bought all the Rouses out. That's going to change the dynamic. So many things, none of that had happened, and we just kind of made this, that we came to, I hear a little buzz going on about Rouse's in Publix. I didn't mean to drop that bomb on you. 
Somebody's Googling it right now going, I don't believe that. Devil's a liar. <laughs> we just got used to LeBlanc's being going and Rouse's being there. And now some corporate giant's coming in. I know what you're thinking. I believe me. I've walked that path. But we, we were at the precipice of a new season, leaving the old and heading into the new, leaving the common and entering into the uncommon, man, stepping over into the blessing and the favor of the Lord. And we were right on the edge, and the devil was screaming in my ear, pulling out all the stops. That's dumb, Donovan. That's crazy, Donovan. You got $38 in the bank, you know, like it's not going to happen. There's no way it can happen, and you're going to lose this building, and you're going to not get the other building, and you're going to be in a jam. And he was putting all those thoughts in my mind, but I'm glad I listened to that good board, and I listened to the word of the Lord, and I kept the power of hope alive in my life. And I said, Jesus, we're going to follow you and do what we feel to do. And we stepped across that line, and God made a way where they seemed to be no way in just a few months we walked into this building God was so good to us gave us a phenomenal deal somebody needs to hear this preacher today you're on the precipice of your miracle you're on the edge of your breakthrough don't stop now push on through baby push on through Jesus has something awesome for you stand with me right now give him some praise hallelujah Woo! Hallelujah. I get excited and scream and holler and stuff. <laughs> I'm just telling you, God wants me to convey something to you. When you're hearing things in the spirit realm, in your mind, things like there's no use, it's never going to work out, it's never going to come to pass in your life. You've talked about his blessings, but you're never going to walk in his blessings. There is no hope. You need to understand that's not God speaking to you. That's the enemy speaking to you. That's an evil report. Joshua and Caleb brought the opposite of an evil report. They brought a good report. The report of the Lord. They were repeating the report of the Lord. Let's go up at once. We are well able to take the land. We've talked about it. But now, baby, we're about to walk in it. There is hope. I love the scripture that says... When Abraham could not have kids, Romans 4, and Sarah could not have kids, the Bible describes Abraham's walk like this. Abraham, who against hope, hoped anyway. When in the natural there was no hope, he was saying, I will hope in the Lord. Lamentations 3. And I'm closing. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. Listen to the words there. It's through the Lord's mercies that we're not all in hell right now. It's because of His amazing compassion. It never lets me down. He says, every day that I get up, His faithfulness is there. Great is His faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. The Lord makes up all the difference in my life. And then He goes on and says, I, therefore, I hope in Him. 
Listen, when you ain't got a reason to hope in this world, you got a hope out of this world. You got a reason out of this world to hope. And God knows how to get stuff out of the spirit realm down here to where you live in the terra firma, in the here and now. He's a good God. He's a merciful God. He is a faithful God. Right here at the edge of the promised land, you may have lost your hope, but I'm here to rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus, rebuke evil in the house today, and remind you there is power in hope. There is power in the name of Jesus. That old devil's been lying to you this whole time. And as you get closer and closer, it gets louder and louder. But you just need to shout above it all my hope is in the Lord. I think sometimes it does us good when we acknowledge. The Bible says that. Abraham, you look it up. You studied out Romans 4. Go to the NIV. Check it out. Look at some of the study notes. It says that he faced the fact that he and Sarah couldn't have kids. But he believed anyway. Sometimes it does you so good to acknowledge in myself, I can't do anything. I can't fight this fight. I can't win this battle. But oh, thank God I'm not doing this by myself. Thank God I'm not alone. I've got Jesus with me. And with him, mountains can move, man. Debt is no big deal in the eyes of the Lord. Bankruptcy is no big deal in the eyes. Divorce, no. God, I'm not saying those things don't affect us and they're not big deals. But the Lord knows how to get you through it, get you over it, heal you up, put you on your way. God can fix those things that are broken in your life. He knows how to put things back together. He's an awesome God. Therefore, I hope in Him. I hope in Him. Years ago, on my first album, which you can go buy on iTunes right now. I'll give you permission. You can go right now and buy it on iTunes, Spotify, whatever you want to listen. Spell my name right. You can, get it. You can go buy it. But I wrote a song, and, and that scripture, that lamentation scripture, was the foundation of the song. It was Ever Faithful was the name of the song. And, and this little Indian girl, from Hyderabad. Her name was Aruna Swaminathan. We co-wrote the song together. And at the very end, she reads that scripture. And I can't read it without hearing her in her accent read it. And she says, Therefore, I will hope in him. Somebody, you need to hear me today. You need to hope in him. You need to put your hope in him. There's power in hope. Can you close your eyes with me right now? Bow your heads. Father, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Oh, there is power in this house today, God. There's a fresh start. There's a a do-over in this house today. There is hope rising up. Somebody's only seen the end of the road, but this is just a bend in the road. Somebody sees it's, it's like this is the end of the story. It's not. It's just the end of a chapter. There's a new chapter that's about to begin. I pray, God, that you would revive today, that you would help somebody to just spring back to life, bring fresh hope to them. The devil's pulled out the stops. I feel like Holy Spirit, you're pulling out all the stops as well, saying, no, my word is true. No, my goodness is here for you. No, my forgiveness is enough. Amen.